We, I'm trying to cuss not as much. Why? Why? Well, Just be, be you. Y'all ready? That's what it is. We ready. All right. We ready. All right. Welcome <laughs> to Go Ahead. I'm listening. A melanin minded mental health podcast. I'm Cam. I'm Prof. What's up? <laughs> um, we have two very special guests here with us today. I want to introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. It's Portia. I'm Tish Love. Tish Love. <laughs> Tish Love in the house. Why love? Why not? I feel that. I am the partner of Portia. I am a spiritual being having human experiences every day. I am a student to life. I am a singer. I am a singer who won't sing for me. I sing. You got some money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't There's sing for the free. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. All right. And uh, I'm Portia. Some of you guys may know me. Some not. I am a mother. I am a sister. I am also a partner at Tish. Um, I'm learning a lot, especially in these past three years, um, how to genuinely generate love. So uh, I'm a student as well. That's the And uh, open to all things. Okay. I feel that. I feel that. Um. So, it's a lot of love, I want to just say this. <laughs> this while, while we talk about love, um, what is that? I think it's what you make it. What do you believe it to be? What have you made it? So I, I have made it uh, communication. I've made it um, being honest. I've made love to be understanding, um, listening. Um, I've also made it uh, showing up and being present. Yeah. I like that. Love is what you make it. It's what I make it. And you can make it communication, understanding. And you would take that to mean that um, I got focused attention. Not only just emotional, but spiritual, cognitive attention toward this thing. Yes. I dig that. Yeah. I never heard that before. That's good. I like that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. What about you, babe? <laughs> uh, um, love to me is showing up. It's a it's a it's an action word. So it's showing up. It's being present. Um, it's Letting go of I, your own personal ideas. It's being open. It's being um, 
uh, anis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. That's love. Love is what you want. I mean, you can, it can, it's dot, dot, dot. It can, you can go on and on and on about what love is to you. For me. So love encompasses many things. Absolutely. But it is a personal definition. I think so. Because we show up authentically how, however we show up, you know, it's our own personal experience. So is it authentic how people show up? Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes, Yeah, sometimes. Not all the time. Not always. But we're talking about us. We're trying to show up. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but what them other folks do. (laughs) We show up. (laughs) We should murder the dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what y'all don't know, right? It is a challenge to keep the dog quiet <laughs> as we're like recording. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um dang. You got something you wanna talk about? Yeah. What's been on your mind? Oh when I mentor Black Boys, um I generally and I was telling Cam next up, but like I generally tell them the unfortunate news that, um, you know, they tell me certain stuff that they go through and how they feel. And again, this is outside of therapy, outside of counseling. Right. Uh, I generally tell them, so, like, and this ain't me being dismissive to your problem. I'm just like, kind of appreciating you in the way that the world appreciates you. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that you feel like this. I know that this is happening to you. And I'm here for you. But again, so. Like get over it. Like you don't, you don't. The world does not give you the social space in this society to like feel, if you will, the way you want to feel. They give you anger and aggression. It's my job to get you to control the two. Mm -hmm. But I understand how you have to or desire to express yourself. Yeah, you feel sad. You want to cry, but you understand it to be feminine, so you don't. Yeah. And what's wrong with? Being able to express yourself. Nothing's wrong with it. Only they don't get the social space to do so. Okay, so then you allow that social space. You allow it. So, again, this is outside of counseling. Okay. Because when I'm mentoring them, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving them the tools. I'm not providing them a therapeutic space. Uh, this is more so life. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the, the difference between a role model is a mentor is uh, the mentor just knows somebody watching, but they still living. Like, the role model just don't appreciate that they being watched. The mentor just knows somebody watching. They hold mm-hmm. their hand. Like, now it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, but it's still, we live it outside. Like, the way that the world treats me does not make me bitter. It makes me instill in black boys, you do not have the space to be this emotional about And I apologize for that. I wish you did, but we just not there. And we can get there. We, we can. And sometimes you have to allow that space. You have to open it up so that you're not dealing with these hard black men. It's okay to express yourself. You need to be able to do that. But even you if do. it's just done behind closed doors, that space needs to be given. Like there, There needs to be space where... 
men are able to express themselves emotionally, whether it's just at the house or what. I agree. Like, that should be, that should happen because that's why you have all these other negative things that happen because you're not able to express yourselves emotionally. So I'm just going to just go into a situation where my baby, he was unable to express himself emotionally like having to hold it in all the time Mm -hmm. to where he was like i want to fucking kill myself Mm -hmm. and it's like no no because i wouldn't be able to live with that you know what i'm saying so whatever you're feeling however it comes out you do it Mm -hmm. because that's the part that matters the most allow yourself to feel everything Stop holding it in and, oh, I'm a man. I got to be strong right now. Or, oh, I can deal with it when I really can't. Like, you have to allow them that space to let it out. Mm -hmm. Because they will go into isolation. Shit will start rolling up in their heads. And then they don't know what to think or say or do. And the next thing is, excuse me, I'm sorry. And You get what I'm saying? Like, the next thing to do, oh, let me just deal with it this way. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to feel nothing. No. That there's so much pain. Yeah. That the only release is to end it. Mm-hmm. Mm, no. Also this. And this is this is one of the benefits, I believe, of this approach in mentorship. Again, I do therapy too, and mm-hmm. that allows them the space to be emotionally mm-hmm. aware. However, um when 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 I take this approach to allow them um inform them rather on what that experience looks like for them in reality um it is it is a um element of one of my most favorite uh therapeutic approaches which is act acceptance and commitment therapy and the first one is acceptance Mm -hmm. um accepting the fact that things will be what they will be Mm -hmm. this relates to things that are unfortunate like death like if I were living in Jim Crow era, like that version of racism. Mm-hmm. If I was living in 2019, like this version of racism. Mm-hmm. Like it is it is the ability to accept what things are as they are. As they are. And just merely accept them. So this is why I don't interpret it as harsh. Mm-hmm. I interpret the approach as informative. This is not me uh, devaluing them. Mm-hmm. Like for them, I do the work. Right. But I also believe that your emotions are played on because of your lack of information. Not knowing makes you grow anxious and makes you grow sad. I think that information, not saying that it dismisses anxiety or depression, but I think that information instills a sense of esteem. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree but also allowing a child to, or anyone, to just be and experience and be able to regulate whatever emotion they're feeling. They should be allowed that space. I, I think it's a good, it's a good thing to, to allow yourself to be in that space, but just not to stay in right. that space. To regulate you know? it. Um, because emotions change like so fast like we are not our emotions but we still have to allow ourselves that that time that space to just be and just not stay there 
that's uh, that's the main thing, just not staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, I empathize with with black men, with black boys. Um, my nephew, who's a big boy like your son, mm-hmm. and um, and my nephew who has been very sheltered, right? Yeah. <laughs> like um, had to like walk home. And this is like a six foot one, like how much, like two yeah. hundred something pound little boy who's like thirteen, fourteen, right? I think he was thirteen at the time, and has never walked home by himself, right? He was like coming from baseball practice or something, and was terrified. And like the story was like that he called his mom and was like, "What if somebody kidnaps me?" Mm-hmm. And was like, we need to have a different conversation with you. You six foot and 200 pounds. People are afraid of you. Of you. you don't get the space to be afraid. Mm-hmm. You don't get the space to engage as if you're afraid. Don't go to nobody's fucking door. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. like, you don't get to be a little kid like that. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. So. It's just yeah. not the reality that we live in. But, like, the sadness in, like, knowing that, like, you just can't be a kid like that. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it, it's not fair. I don't think it's fair. It's not. But I also think, though, that, like, as we, like, our, like as we think about relationships, as we think about how we love, how we care about each other, mm-hmm. I think that. It ain't fair, but we also, as parents, as who we choose as partners, like, I think it's important to make sure that, like, there is some space for, that we have a responsibility in allowing them to be vulnerable, right? Because the world don't give a fuck about you. Right. Um, And that, like, as parents in relationships that, like, that we're aware of that, like, and that's and that's cool. But I also want to say this to that: um, you can love them as a parent, and you should love them and show them affection. That's one of the things that's missing. Yeah, yeah. You should love them and show them affection. But I also want to say that they don't deserve so much of it that you're giving them. Like you're not preparing them for their real reality. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. of course. There should be like a healthy balance. Of teaching them, meaning that, for instance, because yeah. because me because me working in schools, like from zero to six, they're with you. Yeah. From zero to five, they're with you, and then they are introduced to to school. Yeah, yeah. When you give them the game all day, like they get to play on the tablet, the Xbox all day, and when you say get off, they give you a hard time. This from zero to five, zero to six, they never was with nobody else but you. Mm-hmm. When we tell them. It's time to do something else. Get off the computers. It's time to do something else. Let's go from recess. And they give us a hard time. We know where that came from. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like,
Portia, why you let him do that? He was doing it. And that's when I called his name and you picked him up. He's all dying in all <laughs> Tish like I'm about to drink this. <laughs> <laughs> like, this thing off. She's like he drink, he lit the outside. <laughs> Everybody got some antibacterial. Actually, they say um, that is. urban legend shit. They're like you're supposed to let the dogs lick like, yeah, your wounds <laughs> and shit because they heal it. They have an antibody in their saliva that will heal wounds and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You know that Scandinavian medicine shit. <laughs> I don't know it. Because that shit ain't for us. I don't, even, I don't even know if that shit really works, man. That shit for people who walk around with herpes and be like, oh, it's a cold sore. Like, oh. No. That shit is for a different group of people. That's what they say about people who call roaches water bugs. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's a difference, though. No. I was in the first I was like, Ooh. I didn't I didn't call it a roach. It was like, it was like they was like, no, nah, that's a water book. I was like, no. It's a roach. That's for sure a roach. You know, be trying to act like they don't got roach. They be like, no, nah, that's a water book. You know, it's the season. I, no. They be coming up through the pipes. That right there <laughs> is a road. Yeah, they, they fly too. Yeah, they fly too. They're big ones. Yeah. Water that bugs good. are black. Roaches are, are brown. brown. I just feel like water bugs are big roaches. <laughs> I don't like none of that shit. No, Them little teeny tiny ones, though. No, there's roaches that are the same size as water bugs, too. And they're brown. Oh, they're brown. And, and they got they wings. And they got wings. Y'all know y'all know how petty Betty I am. <laughs> Let me tell y'all yeah, something. That water bug ain't no roach. No, it's a water, water bug. Because I know water bugs. Yeah. That roach, I know roaches. <laughs> and they're supposed to be making them now where uh, they don't die. They making them roaches Listen to this. Oh, they making Listen to this. And you are totally 100% right. It says, although many people refer to various cockroach species as water bugs, the true water bug is an aquatic insect classified under the order Hemipetra water boatmen. And water scorpions are true bugs that live in water. Their legs are used as paddles to move through the water. So we're going to pull up. Look at this. Oh, no shit. Water bug, cockroach. It's a difference. Yeah, it's fat. Let me see. It's a difference. Nah, them fucking water bugs look like cockroaches, though. (laughs) Roaches are brown. They're brown. Ain't no missing no roach, baby. They are big ones and they are small ones. Roaches, but all roaches are damn brown. There's some lighter skin ones, but (laughs) (laughs) but they're brown. (laughs) Shut up, Camila. (laughs) Let me tell y'all something that happens. A lot of people be having roaches in their ears, like like any ER doctor, like anyone who like. Worse than the ER has pulled a roach out of somebody's oh, ear before. My gosh. It is a common thing, more common than you realize. I saw a documentary on it. Yeah. It's pretty nasty. Yeah. Roaches, 
Anyway, <clears throat> the Portia, um, we were talking a little bit about um, like you being in a space or figuring out like how to love through um, learning how to love yourself and like that like your early experience was from like a case, place of a lot of pain. And yeah. like, well, let me let you tell your story. Go ahead, yeah. I'm listening. So telling my story. Um, so for me, what love looked like as a child mm -hmm. was um, verbal abuse, um, yelling, physical abuse, whippings, um, and if I if I didn't love you, I wouldn't treat you like that. Mm. You know what I mean? So those were my um, experiences. Like when Tish and I had first um, connected with each other, like I had to express to Tish like my story mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, um, there was a sense of awareness of where I come from and what I've been through in my life um, so that in this transition of us, like I could know, um, how to be able to like successfully shift from that to being able to relearn what it looks like to actually love, you know? Um, I felt like for me as a kid, I had to be a parent very young, right? Um, I'm sorry. I do want to say that some of my earliest memories of mm -hmm. you was being in junior high, sixth grade, and her having her little sister at school with her. Yeah. Like, how was your little sister? Oh. Two? Two. One, two. Yeah. Like, all day. Like, at school. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm surprised they let that happen. Yeah. It's a hush it. Who's your mom? Yeah. What would your mom Did she remember that? No. Work home? Did work, she work? I did. She did for a little bit. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. It's no, just that you said no that and it, it brought that up for me yeah. that I remember um, your little sister having to be at school with you. Yeah. And so um, love just looked like and felt like a lot of hurt and pain. So that's what I generated off of. That's what I, you know, that's how I lived my life for a very, very long time. And I think that, um, like, I picked some really interesting relationships to be in mm -hmm. because I didn't know what it looked like. Um, so a lot of what I allowed in my growing up, I also allowed in my relationships, you know? Um, when we did start talking about like my past and stuff, I'm like, damn, I really fucking didn't know what love looked like, you know, like what it was because everything that I could ever think of, it was nothing really good. Mm. You know, it really wasn't. So, um, looking at it now, I am grateful for the experience because I now know not what to do. Um. And uh, have relearned a lot of ways of being able to experience things that um, work from a loving space. 
So I had to unlearn a lot. And uh, yeah, and learn what it looks like, or even just kind of like even teach myself too, because, you know, um, although I have people in my life that, you know, show me what it is and what it looks like, yeah, I'm still, I have to teach myself too, because sometimes you can pull that old stuff back into your current situations. And then now it's like, okay, that's not the effective way to do this, because if it was, then there wouldn't be so much pain in this. It wouldn't be so much frustration or anger in it. So um, it's also just teaching myself. And that's taking yourself serious. <clears throat> that's taking yourself serious enough. Mm -hmm. um, like to even have a definition of love is to have the conversation with yourself mm -hmm. before you talk to anybody else about what, what love means to you, what right. this word really means to you. That's really self-investigation. Mm -hmm. Like to get to another space where not only I can I can I define it for myself, but I can also apply it. Mm -hmm. This was makes it a working document. Now I know it can be amended. Right. Because the way I thought I wanted to be loved and the way I wanted to exist in love is probably not what I wanted to. So now I erase it and I define love again. But now I am taking this process of critically thinking about love serious. Serious. And for everyone in my life. Mm -hmm. serious yes. serious you know well i think that's interesting do you think that even as a mother like there have been ways because of your childhood experience that you've had to relearn or learn with your children oh yeah mm -hmm. and if i can and and i would just say with communication because as a child growing up you speak when you're spoken to your opinion doesn't matter mm -hmm. what i say go mm -hmm. You get what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And to me, that was also some form of emotional abuse because I was unable to be expressive, period. You do what I say, you do, you do as you're told, and this is the reward. And sometimes it wasn't always great. Mm -hmm. So I had to tell myself as a parent now, because don't get me wrong, years ago, I would be like, you have no opinion. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, please mm -hmm. express it all because I want to hear and I, and I want you to know that I'm open to hearing it and I'm not going to judge you for how you feel and what you think you have that right. It is your experience just as it is mine, you know, and I can't take that from you. Only thing I can do is learn from it and see what it is that I need to do to grow in love with you and show you how, you know, show you how or what it looks like. The ability to apologize to your children is big. Yes. And it yes. is something that I don't think a lot of, like, I even know, I've heard a lot of black people be like, I don't say sorry. Mm -hmm. Like, that we don't apologize and we be wrong. There are things that I know that I do that is wrong. Where I have to, like, go and apologize to my children. Like, I'm mm -hmm. sorry for yelling at you. Like, I know better. Yeah. I'm sorry for invalidating how you felt. Right. Um, I was wrong. Yeah. That is that is so big. I think that it's so important and an important thing to teach our children. Mm -hmm. But I feel like how they feel, it matters. And I just remember like, whatever, I hear you and, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I had to tell myself like, that is not okay because his experience is something totally different from mine, you mm -hmm. know? And 
And this is just speaking like on my oldest, like, shit, I was going through some things when I had him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to make some sacrifices that were rough for me to deal with then, right? Because, you know, I had everybody like, really? Like, you giving, you know, your son is going to go be with his dad? Like, who does that? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I do it. And I don't give a fuck about how anybody feels about it. <laughs> this was a choice that I need to make for myself because clearly I can't do this by myself and I'm not going to do it. Right. And, um, you know, just being looked at like, oh, you're the bad mom for that decision. And then my son also feeling the wrath growing up, you know, for a short period of time with me not necessarily being 100 percent present. Monday through Friday or Sunday through Saturday. You know what I mean? Like, that was my reality when he was younger. And after the divorce and everything, like, it was his reality. And he really felt some kind of way about that. And it was a point in my life where I was like, well, whatever. You know what I mean? But now I can sit here and listen to him express those concerns and be like, you know what? I'm really sorry that, you know, I... How do you experience life that way? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm here now. So whatever we can do to fix that. I think that. Yes. And parents do their best. They do. I So I'll say this, that I was one of those people who was very critical of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry. Um. We were very young, <laughs> so, um, and I just remember being like, "What, the, like, what is she doing?" Um, and, and being critical and self righteous, like, to come to a space to be like, like now that he's grown, right, you know, right, like, right, 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 but but to think that. I had these ideas about what a mother is supposed to be and what you are supposed to sacrifice. Right. And I don't know. And I want to, I don't know that being with you was the best decision. Right. I I couldn't see it then. I think it was the wrong decision. I think that allowing him to be with raised by his father and his grandmother, that his grandmother was able to provide a space to give him love and affection, and the things that he needed that you could not do. I didn't see that then. Mm -hmm. I see it now. Um, And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for judging you. I'm sorry for for not being a good friend. Um, But I do, like, I, I, I really genuinely think that it was the right thing think that um, you just couldn't and I um and even when we think about like this like sacrificing mother like what greater sacrifice like you know how many folks keep their kids and shouldn't right <laughs> like like who don't have the tools to to parent right and they keep them luckily you were in a position where there was someone who was able to step in when you couldn't be present. 
And it is what it is. No, I love you. And I love you too. That's good stuff. What greater sacrifice? It's common bullshit too, though. Like that'd be the part of like <clears throat> coming for patriarchy and not coming for all of it. Like men do that all the time. Like not a problem. Right. Yeah. They not, no. looked at, they not looked at as a problem at all. Yeah. Whether I, they got the resources or tools to parent or not, that's not even assessed or evaluated when you conclude right. about a man being that way. Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah, I don't know if I would have been as critical if she even, was my male friend or my male like, relative. Even like forward thinking people yeah. who believe themselves to be the most forward or thinking people as it relates to female femininity rights, existence in social spaces, a female's perception, what it means to be a woman. But I do think that as women and, um, us being the nurturer, the 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 caretaker, the <laughs> the shit talker, the, the <laughs> that too, right? Um, the um, the being pretty much like the everything. It's really like it's one of those uncommon things when you say, you know what, I fucking can't do this, and it's like, well, what do you mean you can't? You supposed to, and who says that I'm supposed to? If I'm not ready, or if I can't, or if I've been already doing this since I was five years old, and now that the responsibility is on me, it's too much for me because at five, at least I had some help. I'm okay with saying I'm not okay, and that should be okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. No, that should be okay. Yeah. And if it's not okay, then help me. Please. Please. Because the choices and the decisions that I'm making are for the betterment of my children mm -hmm. and their success. Because what I don't want them to do is experience my life all over again. Because the goal is to break the chains. Not to recreate, you know? Okay. So, I feel that. But this is one of my critiques of parents, right? That we exist in the space of, I don't want you to experience what I experience, right? Mm -hmm. And we exist from our own trauma, hurt, pain. Mm -hmm. But our kids have their own stuff. And yeah. I think that we don't appreciate that. That, like, their life experience is their life experience and it's unfair to be like well i didn't do this and i didn't do that and at least you didn't go through this nah but like i had my own stuff that right. bothered me right you and have... I, but like parents like your stuff ain't your kids stuff you're you're right right and that's when you that's when me i'm going to speak in my perspective when i decided to make those choices get portia together right 
get her together to enough to be able to hear and know and experience their stuff with them and be able to help them accept that you can't change that, but you can do this and you can do that. I had to get Portia right enough to be able to listen and hear them and not judge their experiences based on what I went through. Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't figure me out and learn how to love me and accept the things that I cannot change and move forward and recreate this life for myself, then I would have been reliving. They would have been reliving my life because I had no space and time to hear them and what they have going on right now. So had I not made the shift and the shifts, I wouldn't be able to hear them, but I can hear them, Mm -hmm. you know? And they're able to tell me everything that they want to tell and express how they feel. And I don't feel no shame, no hurt, no pain, no guilt, none of that. And be able to say, you know what? Okay, well, what can we do now? Because we still have, I mean, I don't know. I don't know when tomorrow Mm -hmm. will come, you know, if tomorrow will come. But I do know that right now, this is what we have. So how about we create something different so that you don't have to, experience what it was that I had went through in my life. But they won't. They'll experience what they went through in their life. Right. And 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 part of the reason why they will is because the the past experience has allowed us to avoid the thing that I went through in my life. Right. Um it allows us to for you not to experience that. It's almost like <clears throat> the reason why this the last two or three generations been grabbing hands for they cross the street. Like, because we'll make sure that you just don't experience like getting nipped or getting hit or, mm-hmm. you know, anything happened to you with that car. Right. Like it, it doesn't make it uh disregard the fact that now they deal with um, bullies a certain way because they holding hands at a certain age. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't disregard their personal experience that maybe that previous generation didn't go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it does, like, keep them safe and protects them from the things I knew in my generation. And if it gives you a space to hear them mm-hmm. through their experience, their own experiences mm-hmm. right now. Um, allowing myself to, like, experience, like, those situations that I confront the situations you know what I mean like I literally had to go because we in a good space but I literally had to go to my mom and be like you know why I had to confront all of the stuff that I experienced in my life in order to be able to you know go through that process like why what like for what you know um I'll be damned if it's gonna be my kids you know what I mean Um, so I need to know the reasons why, um, because I need to heal from this stuff so that I can be present. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that I can love them from a genuine space. Um, (coughs) and, uh, her finally apologizing. Oh yeah. That's big. And, but in that apology being like, well, you know. I knew that you had what it took yeah. and you could do it. 
which is why I Well, that's a shitty apology. (laughs) Is that an apology? I guess it is. It's her form. It's her form. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That that was significant for her. But to hear that and then be like, you know, and then for me to say, you know what? And through that, like, I'm grateful for the experience because I know who not to be. Yeah. It was a a moment where I, you know what I'm saying, chose to remove us from the equation to say, you know, we got to figure this one out because this is not working. Mm -hmm. And until you can see your shit, then there won't be any of this. No together, no family, nothing. Because I really need you to own yourself. Mm -hmm. So why? You know? And it it was a decent enough apology for me to be able to, to really say, you know what, I forgive you. And we are okay and we're gonna be okay. And it was that process that got me to where I am right now, where I can actually hear everything that they have to say. Whether it's hurtful, whether it's mom, you, you know, was not present, why this and why that? For me to be able to hear them and not have any like self hate or, you know what I'm saying, or sadness <coughs> or anger about how they feel. Because mm-hmm. I don't. And then just going within self and uh, letting go, you know what I'm saying? Started getting into crystals and just reading and allowing the universe and energy and um, meditation and just positive affirmations and you know, just focusing on uh, just being a better person. Sure. You know. <laughs> so, Prof, what you better say? So. <laughs> <laughs> so. How does that feel for you? Like, what are the ways in which... Like, how do you deal with that? What? All of it. I focus on me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's important for us not to recap and save a whole. Mm. Um, I try to love Portia from a very pure space, Mm -hmm. a very pure space, um, and accept what is and whatever her experience is, just try to love her from that space. Um, I just try to love her from a genuine space and from a, from a space that is a different experience for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think knowing your partner's past or experiences is helpful because it helps you to see yourself. Mm-hmm. Because there are things about myself <clears throat> that resemble her mother. Mm-hmm. So it keeps me from being her mother. What do you mean? <laughs> I could be mean sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
I can be moody sometimes. And so it helps me to be, to deal with my own shit. You know, so, yeah. It helps me to address myself. So, it helps me to love her from a very pure space. It helps me to see myself. <clears throat> so we, it's been able, we've been able to work. Mm -hmm. It hasn't always been easy for us. It doesn't always flow easy for us. But um, I think knowing her past helps me. It helps me to love her from a different space. Like, do you mean like that this person might be more sensitive um, to me being me um, and trying to be aware and to check yourself for her sake? Yeah. Yeah. Help end her suffering <clears throat> or at least not create more of it. Yeah. And I'm not always successful at it, you know, it's a. It's a. It's also me having to unlearn some things. Mm -hmm. uh, some of my natural ways, you know. I'm. A, I'm the first grandkid, the first child. Everybody's child, mm -hmm. and I was really cute, mm -hmm. so really spoiled. Mm -hmm. And so, my way has always been given to me. So <clears throat> that doesn't always happen. Uh, within the relationship, so it, it causes me to to look at myself. Mm -hmm. So it's just very helpful to know her past and to it, it. just really does. It helps me to see myself like from a from a different perspective. It helps me to be a better mate, a better friend. Uh, helps me to listen better. Mm -hmm. It helps me to let go of my my thoughts my traditional thoughts but you end up working on yourself in the process yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> listening to it all respecting it all what you think um I think a lot I mean, it's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. I think it's heavy. I want to commend you. I don't know that I ever have. <clears throat> I just just listening to to your story and your decision to allow your children to be raised by their father, and you know just just being honest enough with yourself and with everybody and saying, you know what, I can't do this or I'm not in the space to do this. Um, I commend you for being honest because I don't have any biological, biological children of my own, but I understand I have helped played a part in raising other people's children. And I, you know, just overhearing conversations my entire life about 
what mothers are supposed to mm -hmm. do and how women are supposed to be. So I commend you for not giving a damn about what other people's opinions are about you, you know, and being strong and, and firm and in that no matter who understood or not. I, re I respect you greatly for that reason. It's a level of honesty that most of us do not have. Most of us do not have. So I commend you for that. And I love you. Thank you. I love you too. True. I would also call it um, courage. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily honesty. Um, but I would say courage. Not the fact that you don't give a damn about what people say, because I think that we do give a damn about what people say. Mm -hmm. I think what people say and how they treat us, especially those that are closest to us, I think it significantly affects us. However, I think it takes courage to do what you think is best for you in spite of that. Yeah. Um, now, that I don't think most of us have. Most of us allow the pressures of society, friends, and family to kind of influence our real life. Why the majority of us go to college? Honestly. Not because we believe necessarily in higher education, but because it is the next thing to do. It is, it is correct social order. It is appropriateness. More than we know a major or we know what we're going to do afterwards or we really take it serious like it is the next thing it's the 13th grade mm -hmm. yeah that's what i would call courage i think it's both courage mm -hmm. and being honest because first you got to be honest with yeah yourself. with yourself yeah 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 sister you all right mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm here <laughs> I'm just allowing the silence to be appropriate. I'm just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I've done nothing wrong. <laughs> I was called Jesus the other day by a certain person. <laughs> Who called you Jesus? Mm. Your boyfriend. <laughs> he ain't my boyfriend. <laughs> That's what it was. Early. That's definitely gonna get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can edit it out. Yeah. Now nah, we're keeping that. <laughs> I mean, you keep the uh, like libations. Yeah. You keep the libations. Yeah. Cause Jesus turned water to wine. That's a rumor. <laughs> nah, for real though. No, they drank good. They ain't got that much sugar going like that. It was moonshine. moonshine. It was definitely moonshine. <laughs> it probably was like the shit that it was moonshine. That <laughs> folks be making in jail. They loaded. Yes, indeed. It was a lot of fermented fruit. In it. <laughs> now it was the best. Yeah, right. yeah for sure. Yeah. Ooh. Do anybody know how to do that? We should just do that. <laughs> throw up. 
it's I would a, not fuck with it. It's I'm a, um, I would not. It's a it's a store. You can in, see it on YouTube. It's a store in you. Vegas. <laughs> it's a store in Vegas that sells like jars of moonshine, and like the the percentage on alcohol is like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like Everclear. Y'all ever have Everclear? Called, oh. What did I tell you? I've heard called? of it. I've never. You've had, had Everclear. One is called Monkey Monkey Shoulder or some crazy shit. <laughs> The, the the percentage is crazy high, but it's like in jars. Mm-hmm. Moonshine. I said I was going to buy it. Just you didn't to, buy it? No, I mean, who am I going to drink that with? Right. I'm going to bring it home. True. <laughs> I, I what is it going to taste like? I'm <laughs> Shit. I'm going to have some when y'all come to Cali. He'll <laughs> drink it with you. I know. I'll try. I've <laughs> <laughs> been wrong. I'm with that. That's so funny. Oh, like, it probably just the smell. Probably you could probably oh, yeah. it's already it's making thick. my stomach hurt thinking about it. Yeah, that's crazy. Like thick, clear molasses or some shit. That shit looks different. We gonna mix it with some juice. <laughs> we gonna have to. Yeah. Y'all need to burn your whole esophagus. We gonna take it with a. That's serious too. <laughs> with a spoon, a tablespoon. <laughs> Like medicine. Right. <laughs> Do you pop out at party? <laughs> <laughs> Say, that's vitamin <laughs> vegetable. Right. That's the funniest one, y'all. Oh, my God. Are you on pupular? <laughs> oh, is that for real? What? That's really Vitamina Benjamin? That's yeah. Vitamina Benjamin. Let me tell you, this black man right here <laughs> loves I Love Lucy. Man. Me Lucy's too. so good. Like... Loves it. But like, when, it, where's, when does it come on? It, I don't know. I think it comes on Nick at night. Though. You see it? Yeah. On what? Prime? Yeah, I actually do see it on oh. Prime. And I see it on Hulu. I too. haven't seen it in a while. Ethel was initially supposed to be Lucy, I think. No, she was. Right? Yeah. But then they made Ethel like the cute She's Lucy after the food. This is your show, and you making your show about this bitch? Yeah, no, we can't have it. No, I need no. to be the Hell center yeah. of all attention. Hell yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine it any other way. It wouldn't have been a good show. She was right. <laughs> like, like, nah, she was absolutely right. Sometimes, even if she was throwing a fit, she was right. And ironically, the whole show was about her trying to be in showbiz. <laughs> no. Yeah. Every, whole, for real. All the time. And they got her bent every episode. She finna sneak in the showbiz. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> hey, that's great. She be tripping, dog. <laughs> she be tripping. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Lucy, one of the reasons why I would never have a housewife because <laughs> you got too much time to just and, conjure up mischief. And she be fucking up, though. She conjures up some mischief. Just appreciate that this black man just said Lucy's the reason why he wouldn't have a housewife. I, I, I want y'all to reflect on that for a minute. Let me tell you this. That he said Lucy is the reason this. because, yes, she's the manifestation of a housewife. <laughs> Because how really are we really gonna say that that housewives have nothing but time on their hands? Yeah, 
You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't got no kids, hell yeah. yeah she had. She had a kid. Yeah, after a while. Not at first, though. Ain't I can't one. even have this conversation. Ain't I can't that is so offensive. <laughs> that is like offensive to like. Hold on, hold on. Before you get all offended. <laughs> I'm already offended. Wait, take <laughs> So, one episode. Lucy wanted to move. Did he tell me to wait to exhale? <laughs> Lucy wanted to move because she thought the apartment was too small for her and the baby. It was. She said <laughs> So what she did was took the time <laughs> to put all of the stuff in the living room. She flooded the living room with, with toys. Ricky had to get in the in the house on on the slide, he slid in the living room. When he came in, he laid on the couch, and a train came through. It was like she conjured up all type of mischief. Too much time on your hands. You need a something to do. That's something. You need a something to do. Knit, crochet, join a book club. You you got to get you a something to do. I believe that's purpose. What's wrong with purpose? I'm just, I can't even entertain this right now. So I'm just going to appreciate what you're saying. You're right. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Shout out to purpose. <laughs> Lucy got me appreciating purpose. See what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love Lucy. That's why I love Lucy. <laughs> I think I want to be a housewife. <laughs> you going to leave me? Say the question again. <laughs> I didn't hear you. I said, I think uh -huh. I want to be a housewife. Uh -huh. That sounds like a good thing for me. Okay. You're going to leave me. Because what you don't want and accepting what you have are two different things. Yeah, I'm going to accept it. Okay. That's cool. Ain't a big deal. You want to be a housewife. Thank you. You be a housewife. You gonna get you something to do? <laughs> yeah, that's you for sure. Like that's what you gonna yeah. do. At the end of the day, <laughs> I think housewives have plenty to do. Look, 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 look. Ain't no, we ain't finna try to come for the housewives. That is the reason why soap operas exist because they ain't got nothing to do watch the TV. I ain't saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Don't take what I'm saying like that, babe. Because I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is there's a portion of that population. That don't have the most to do. Can you kind of agree with that a little bit? <clears throat> nah, let me tell you. <laughs> when, when, when before I, I um, before I left California, and uh, Car my oldest daughter was in like gymnastics and shit. And I used to be in gymnastics, and it would be housewives with their nannies. <laughs> would be like, I gotta go work out. <laughs> like, like they would be like, my. And I remember talking to this one, and she had two nannies. And I was like, that's beautiful. How, how, like, how did you do that? And I, I've never made a house life like that in my life again. I think that people like that exist. I think that they are rare. That's cool. I think that they are a segment of the population that I typically don't have access to. I think that I just ha I don't. 
I can I can I also say this, which which bring me um back to uh something Portia was saying earlier, or or the conversation we was having earlier, um because a lot of people actually, and I say this, um, I told this to Cat before, a lot of people get credit for parenting that don't necessarily parent. Like the kid is there, but they don't invest in the kid. The kid they stay together. Like the kid showered her, eat her, um, sleep her. But right? they don't Mash really. Kiki. But they don't engage. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the credit, the parents still want to get credit for parenting, right? But they don't really deserve it. One of the, one of the things that is is um, always amazing for me um, to see during the summertime is the aggravation of parents when they have to actually parent again. That's phenomenal. Nah, we send them to daycare in the summer. You crazy. That's phenomenal. <laughs> like, daycare. Parents, parents who want to get... My kids go to daycare in the summer. You are getting dropped off. Parents who want to get a lot work. of credit for... Parenting is a hard job. I'm not putting it down. I think it is the single most hardest thing you can do in life is to raise another person to be some semblance of an okay human being. I think it is very difficult to do. This is why I think that we don't give enough credit to our village. And I also think that we're trying to get too much credit for individual parents. Oh, man. And when I tell you I'm so open <clears throat> to the village, because the village has always been present for me. You know what I'm saying? With, with, the, with the upbringing of my children, it has always been a village. I'm mm-hmm. talking about on my side, on their father's side. Always, it's still a village right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you under you like, and it's a village uh, times a hundred. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying because not only is it um, my immediate, but I'm talking like aunties that's not aunties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uncles that's not uncles. Yeah, uh, grandmas that's not grandmas. You understand? But they're True. grandmas because they've been present and they still rear in you know, the future of the kids, of my children. And it's a voice they're going to listen to. Right. And they honor. Right, right. And when we come together, we come together. And I'm talking about, (laughs) it's it's all, it's everywhere. Everybody. You know what I'm saying? And when we come together, it's positive. It's love. It's unity. It's communication. It's sharing. It's, and it's great. You know, and they always learn something from it and be like, when can we do it again? Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's necessary. It's necessary. Yeah. Very, you know, and I think that that's really, really, really important. Whether you individualize it or not, to me, the most important is that it's present and that it's there and that they get that experience True. as opposed to be, well, I did this by myself. No, you didn't. It's actually impossible to do. Right. <laughs> actually impossible. Because to do. it was rough that one time that you couldn't and you had to call somebody mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. you fix this mm-hmm. or figure it mm-hmm. out. You know? Never forget that. Right. <laughs> right. Never forget that. Right. Or, or you know, how we use the school and, and can't wait to give them back in August. Right. <laughs> Right. I can't wait till you go back to oh school. Oh, my God. When does school start? I see that on social media all the time. <laughs> The yeah, other I funny contrast to it. that is how the teachers be. <laughs> right. The teachers be dreading August. Yeah. Like, and counting down. <laughs> like, yeah, let me true. let me defend the teachers. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> I got to because 
teachers deal with the kids you don't like. Remember, you made them. Mm-hmm. Right. To me, so a lot of especially early teachers, first year, second year, third year, fourth year teachers, it, it takes you a minute to understand what's really happening. Um, it is like a fight the first couple years that you're teaching because you actually went to school a lot of people went to school for teaching thinking that you're about to teach mm-hmm. <laughs> like you think that oh i teach fourth grade math i'm gonna be able to teach fourth grade math you have no idea <laughs> about what's really going on in that classroom in the fourth grade yeah. you've been in college Mm-hmm. All your classes are organized, papers, structured. This is a very different experience, especially in Texas where you don't have to go to school for teaching to teach. You just have to pass a class like myself. I went to school for psychology, passed the test, and then I could teach. You taught math. I taught math. <laughs> <laughs> you taught math, but you didn't teach math. <laughs> well, I, I taught it, but then I also counseled and was uh, uh, working with parents on um, parenting mm-hmm. and showing up for after-school tutorials, not necessarily do tutorials, but just to talk to a kid who shows up early because his mom drives <clears throat> like an hour out mm-hmm. and she has to drop him off a little early. Yeah. And um, sometimes he don't like to be at school by himself like mm-hmm. that. And yeah. just different experience of the kid that teachers have no idea that you're about to get yourself into. Mm-hmm. Like, you're about to go broke for these kids. They don't already pay you nothing, and then you're going to buy these kids' shoes. You're going to buy extra supplies. You, like, teachers instill in other people's kids more than those people instill in their kids. Good yes. teachers. Good teachers. Teachers, period. Not let me, let me, them. and let me tell you this. One of the things that I would never say is all. And I'm not really saying all. All I'm saying is teachers, the function of the teachers. Do bad teachers exist? Yes. I would argue there are more good teachers than bad. I think there's more good enough teachers. What, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. We can say it's more good enough parents. Absolutely. Does, does that make sense? Yes. Like, so the fact that I think the majority of teachers are good, I don't judge them on the minority. Just like I come for cops. I don't necessarily think the majority of them are bad. I think enough of them are bad, though, that it, it should be addressed. Yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily think that enough teachers' intentions are bad. I'm not talking about their ability to teach. I have a lot of quorums with their ability to teach. Mm-hmm. But I think their intentions are good, the majority of teachers. Mm-hmm. Because of that, I think that they instill in the kid things that they do not get instilled at home. Mm-hmm. I eat attention. Like real attention. Mm-hmm. Like a teacher, like a sit with you in a way that you probably don't sit with nobody at your house. For attention. It's all for attention. Mm-hmm. I was just saying that while the parents are looking forward to their kids going back to school, the teachers are like, oh my God, my it summer's almost over. Yeah. As they're getting ready for their kids to go back to school. But I also think this. That's all I was saying. If, if teachers were going back to school with 
people that they could that they only were responsible for teaching teachers wouldn't feel that way. I agree with that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't know though. I hear what you're saying, but I don't know that that is realistic. I think that. But you're a teacher, so you're teaching. But that, like, all you have to do is teach. I think that you can't spend that much time teaching. Well, just with these little human beings, mm-hmm. in that all you're doing is teaching. Like that, that, that you are still doing something yeah. else. You're spending too much time with them, so that it's never. Ju- I think that's unrealistic to think all I'm going to do is teach. No, like you're going to do more than that. Now, are teachers are to me? I feel like teachers are parents. They're yes. a part of the village. Right? But that's why I was. Yeah. That's why we. <laughs> that's why there's that Freudian slip. But how can mom? I don't like like that. Teachers are taught like. I don't know what you have to go through as far as, you know, class and all that before you become a teacher, but they're not teaching that you're going to have to learn all these other things or you're going to have to do all these other jobs too, right? You're not, you don't have a a clue about that, right? You have to actually teach. As a new teacher. That's what he said, right? You have no idea what you're really going into until you get there. Isn't that what you said? Mm-hmm. Because you said from a classroom element standpoint. Because you said from a bureaucracy how can they just standpoint, think they're gonna teach. Yes. I, I think that I really do think that there are people that when they say I want to be a teacher, they're not. They don't. They are. They have no idea that there's what they're really saying is I want to be somebody's parent, mm-hmm. somebody's life coach i want to be underappreciated and underpaid <laughs> then, then, and we they are underappreciated and underpaid oh, yeah. then then we need to change the system because if you had the pressure of like, a teacher you would appreciate why some teachers say that um we don't have enough time right yeah, yeah. so cuz they would say that that's not long enough yeah like they're responsible for teaching this much of a curriculum for them to pass a standardized test that is associated with my value as an employee. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't care how everybody else look at this, but I got a lot of stuff to teach these kids that you're not working with in the summer that seems to have forgot half of the stuff they learned last year. Right. Mm-hmm. I got to teach them a year and a half worth of stuff, and I only got about nine months. And I'm asking a lot of them. I've been in a situation where the parents are doing every everything, right? right. Those situations, I they believe, s- for the teacher mm-hmm. would be less stressful and yes. they would not dread teaching. Yes, This I would agree. be something that I chose to do, like an elective. You understand what I'm saying? As opposed to something I have to do for the... For the nourishment, mm-hmm. for the for the for the care, support, encouragement of this kid. Without me, he may not have anybody else to talk to. If I don't do this, no one may be his child advocate. Mm-hmm. Right. But is it? And I don't know. Maybe this goes to the undervalue of teachers too, because I would also say, like, I mean, just from a personal experience, like I work in an ideal situation. Like a lot of people are like, I'd never work. Um, I work in a jail. They're like, I never work in a jail. I didn't go into medicine to practice medicine in a jail, right? But for me, it is where I want to be, right? Like, like this is, I couldn't imagine being in a, in a place. I've been in those places where you have access to everything you want, right? Where you don't have to, like, I even told you, like, 
we were having a conversation about like having to like engage with my patients in a way that like I have low functioning patients that I have to deal with. And in order to be like, and feeling guilty today for coming home and forgetting to tell my patient happy birthday mm -hmm. and being like, shit, like, 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 like real genuine guilt, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like, who the fuck signed up for that as a doctor? Right. You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, like that is not, that has nothing to do with my job, but everything to do with how I care about this patient, right? Right. Um, and the thing though is the value though. So as a doctor, I think that the value is different than how we see teachers when really it shouldn't be like that, right? Like really them teachers, especially with our children, should be valued so, like their level of responsibility for society mm -hmm. is so significant, significant, and I think it, and I think it, and I think that if your appreciation, if your income look like what look different do, like what looks like what you do and all of the effort and the time and the parenting you put into teaching it wouldn't be a big deal if if, if teachers were starting out at eighty thousand dollars ninety thousand dollars it'd be less burnout mm -hmm. they wouldn't be maybe not but they wouldn't be complaining it would be more people who genuinely want to be there because that's what they wanted to do with their life their whole life and they can work in those hard conditions and be like nah like i like, I know what I'm doing. This is what I want to be there. But this is a societal problem, right? We don't value those people. Um, True. I think the, 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 the fastest way for us to help teachers is to parent. Kids been with their parents, zero through five, zero through six, and the parent never thought about getting them assessed. The you first also milestones in that behavior, like, is not just... Um, seen in daycare. That's also like a parent at the home as well. Right. So like that lack of awareness of what's really going on. But even if the kid's parent is present, we know that parents aren't very present. They're on social media. I don't know any fucking uh, generation of parents that were just like present like that. Like I don't know. Because it's it's fucking passed down generation to generation the dysfunction so i don't know any fucking generation of parents that was just dead ass i don't know that me personally but even if they were present the kid can still find some shit wrong <laughs> with the parent like they have their own set of issues with the parent so it doesn't no absolutely so. you think it's possible to be too present Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Get your own life, mama. <laughs> yes. Helicopter parenting. <laughs> what you think? You be a helicopter parent, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Tiger mom. The helicopter parent to me um, get a bad rap. I think it's because it's, it's that um, condition of loving a thing so hard that you screw with it and kill it. But that's not, to me, that's an extreme form to appreciate what I consider to be the helicopter mom. Like, that's a very involved parent. But you enable. I remember listening to this. Um, I was listening, I think, to NPR, and they were talking that was done. It's like at 
some Ivy League school and they had prepared, like they were really motivated to get low socioeconomic students into the school, right? And they like had developed, like got this grant to develop um, this program for them and all this social support that they were going to provide them, right? So that they could be successful. So they knew like there will be academic challenges, but they were like, we want to address all the other stuff that's going to go on with them. And what ended up happening is they were like the like yes they needed the extra academic support right they were at a disadvantage even though they were capable they were just at a disadvantage right mm -hmm. but the social support the emotional support these kids actually didn't need mm -hmm. they were like it was the more privileged children who were falling apart mm. who were like i can't take care of myself and that like and it kind of like threw them for a loop that like shit like we thought these kids were the ones who were going to need it and we're going to and yes they have their own issues but really the kids who aren't doing okay are were the, the kids who've never had to do anything for themselves and um it, they were enabled like everything was done for them and put out there for them and set up you know what i'm saying to where it's like shit i don't have to because it's gonna get done anyway but like these were the kids who were getting depressed who were like at, at a high risk of suicide they mm -hmm. thought it was going to be the other kids it wasn't them mm -hmm. like they were far more resilient they were like no nah, we can take care of ourselves like, right. we're good right. you know <laughs> and be open to that because we all then suffer through some traumas in our lives. And we are triggered by something. Mm -hmm. Everybody. You know, maybe the shamans and the monks and stuff might not be, but they may be too. But I, I you think know. they were initially. That's why they even looked. So right, <laughs> right, right, right. So um, I just think that we should really get some help so that we can, um, I guess, know what we've experienced and figure out how to let that stuff go before we walk into situations where these constant triggers come up where we know how to not react to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that just means that we just going to be doing work until we get the work done. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. Black people got a lot. Everybody got a lot of work. Black people got a lot of work to <laughs> a do. A lot. A lot. Yes. Don't be so honorary that you don't get the help. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be so much in denial. Like, oh, I don't need it. Yeah, you need it. And be open to that. It's okay mm -hmm. to not be okay, right? Mm -hmm. But in those moments when you're not okay, it's okay to get the help. To figure out how you can fix it. I'm grateful to be present with you guys today. Um, to allow us to be here to just speak freely, you know, on our situations, what we've experienced, our growth and our learning. Um, I'm grateful this, for this exchange. And I'm grateful to you, Camila. Like today you made me smile in my heart um, because you were honest about your feelings in reference to our past, my past. Mm -hmm. And um, to hear you say, you're sorry like I wasn't expecting that mm. and it really touched my heart and I just wanted to tell you that I genuinely love you um, from a sister space you are my sister 
Yeah. And I'm grateful for you. Why do you think I want to say I'm sorry? Because you think I'm an asshole? <laughs> well, you've always been one. <laughs> an asshole. <laughs> Don't answer me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said it, not you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm grateful for where we are. You know, we've been friends for a very, very long time. Thank you for sharing this space with us to be able to just speak, you know, because we don't get to do that often, which is why a lot of us suffer because we're not able to just express and talk about how we feel and not be judged, mm-hmm. you know. So I think this is really good for us, for people. Mm-hmm. And Kanye, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's his name going to be? The billionaire Jesus Kanye West? (laughs) (laughs) That man is something else, ain't it? (laughs) The billionaire Jesus Kanye West. He said he won't change his name to that for a year. What? (laughs) Unoriginal to change your name for a year. (laughs) (laughs) Who did the Puff Daddy did it? Did he? Yes. Ocho Cinco. Who else did that shit? I don't know if nobody did it for a year except for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I think these people are still calling it. Yeah. Better World Peace. Yeah. Better World Peace did it. Yeah. Well, it may be about two years. Better World Peace went up in them stands and started fighting it. <laughs> that shit was crazy. He was triggered by some shit. <laughs> He was fighting the damn fans. Fans. Yes. That's worse than hitting the motherfucker with a helmet. Fans are so mad, you know. Yeah. Triggered him. Yeah, triggered some. Careful about your triggers is significant. It is. But there's no way to know all your triggers. That's just my opinion. I think you can know a lot of your triggers, but you can't know all of them. Until they happen. Yeah. And it's in that moment how you respond. If you learn how to overcome that transference of energy. or Sometimes you think you've overcome some shit, and then something happens and you're triggered, and that's when you know, oh, damn, I still got some work to do. Yeah. 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 That's a fancy word for quiet. It, 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 <laughs> it, it encompasses an element of quietness or silence or <laughs> You cannot possibly know all your triggers. Merely because of, as you get older, your triggers, because um, we call them triggers. Uh, what's the, we can say that, um, but they are related, if you will, to insecurities as well. Um, and your insecurities recent weight gain that you picked up or recent weight loss that you picked up and you're getting all thicker you deal with a lot of stuff that you didn't necessarily deal with 25 20 years ago Um, and 
said no to music. I really know all of your tricks. The thing is to kind of be aware that as I exist as a human, things may bother me and how do I respond? Yep. Respond to a lot of things in silence. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in my, because it's better to communicate how you feel in those moments, right? But I do. I do a lot in silence. And then I'll go back to it like, yeah, you know, I didn't like that. Or it, this made me feel like this. And I would not really say that it's best to communicate in those moments. Yeah. I would say that sometimes, like... You need a moment. And and we disregard silence as being in action. Like, silence is active. If I ask you a question looking at you in your face and you don't answer me back, that's an action. Silence is active. Mm-hmm. You can tell when the, the conversation is discomforting for me and I go silent that this is an active part. I, I am doing something that is active. If you observe, this, this is loud behavior. The society we live in, and, and myself included, um, we rarely give people the space um, that don't have the ability to um, pick up spilled milk, if you will, when it's spilled. Like me personally, I enjoy doing but rarely uh, do I give other people the space who have a different uh, public resolution style. My style is when milk spills, I pick it up. Some people's style is when milk spills, you turn and everybody has a meal. Why did it spill? Da, 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 da. Some people think is when milk spills, I need to go to the other room. It's just too much for me to handle right now. I'll be in there in a minute to get it up. And it is, it is our inability to appreciate, self-included, that other people have a different style of conflict resolution. Like other people just engage with problems differently. Mm-hmm. And if I care enough about the situation, about the problem, I should consider their style. Yeah, that's important. Looked up I Google questions. <laughs> What's wrong but sounds right? Bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks. Hey, all my West Coast shit. That shit wrong as shit. That shit right as fuck. Right. Wow, that's a good one. What's something that will always be in fashion no matter how much time passes? Lying. Oh, explain. Lying is an element of uh, self-preservation. And we can appreciate that. Self-preservation is fundamentally what everyone aspires to do. This is why you cannot drown yourself in sleep. The body won't allow you to. We lie self-preserve, whether it be denial, manipulation, deception, some form of intentionally presenting a falsehood. It's self-preservation, whether it be for our social selves, psychological selves, emotional selves, we do it to preserve self. It will outlast. I think change. Me all the time. Okay. 
um, hopefully, right? And um, and in that process, like you're either going to um, accept and change or not, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think that change will never, like, it will continue to go on because we we. I conceptualize change like it just is, almost like God. People don't accept change. It's really for nothing. Not accepting gravity for nothing. It's actually no big deal if you do or do not believe in gravity. Not a big deal at all. The fact that you you do embrace change or resist change, that's not a big deal at all. Change is inevitable. It, it will happen. What did I ask? Um, <laughs> what will always be in style or something? Oh, the seventies. <laughs> For <laughs> <laughs> the seventies, that was good. The seventies, the seventies were whack. She For real? Nah, no, they really were. No, they the weakest. What happened? I've been meaning to say this out loud for a long time. What happened in the seventies? We partied. The last key kids. They partied. Baby kids. Ooh, it's a lot of nasty kids, and I love y'all. Yeah, man, I got to say this out loud. Like, baby boomers did they thing. Even the traditionalists did they thing. Obviously, they can see generation uh, Y, the millennials, killing. Um, <laughs> generation Z is probably my favorite generation. Um, That's these folks now. Yes, it's probably my favorite generation. But that generation that was in the 70s, least favorite by far. Why? I don't know what they did. When were you born? 74. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I don't know their contribution. I don't know their generational contribution. It's because you're young. You don't know. No, shit. he said he's the <laughs> oldest person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is the oldest person in the no, room. He's not. Yeah, I've been here before. I've been here several times. That's me that's too. I'm definitely a baby. I mean, he's. I really don't think I'm perfect. <laughs> what? That Talk about nonverbal communication. <laughs> say, say what's on your mind, black man. <laughs> Tish doing it. I'm not. <laughs> say what's on your mind, black man. Everything is everything. Because I don't think people have to reach too hard to wonder who called me the second coming of Christ in Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Um, prayer. <laughs> Sit. Prayer. A lot of prayer. Radical acceptance. Um, I think that it is so dynamic <laughs> that um, how to my ability to accept it um, wholeheartedly. In all of its beautiful variations, is um, aided, if you will, <laughs> by other things, um, other obligations, mm-hmm. um, and other necessarily interests. Uh, writing, walking outside, in prayer, a lot of prayer, um, meditation, <laughs> reading. 
So I'm helping your spiritual growth, your um, own mm -hmm. personal, mm -hmm. academic, mm -hmm. artistic. See, there we go. So there we are, go. So, so you are perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. bring out this black man. You are Jesus. Me. That is Jesus. Well, with that said, now that we've all established that, <laughs> um, you know, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for um, being present with us, especially if you made it this far. Right. Like, um, you locked in. <laughs> But no, seriously, um, thank you for listening. Um, thank you guys for coming, for um, being vulnerable, for being able to open up with us. Like, that's significant. When we say words like significant, that it's vague. Significant, what we mean is necessarily like in essence, I think that's what we're trying to say. Remember the other day, like in our Say about the photographer. That um, when a photographer, like uh, the, the artistic value, if you will, of a photographer, is the ability to catch the moments in life that we find to overlook often. Like a photographer will take a photo of an old wooden shed, and it'll be a masterpiece. And it's the same shit that we necessarily pass every day and don't appreciate. A photographer would take a photo of um, a foot or a dog at a door. You know, just, just the parts in life that we look over. And it actually highlights the fact that the reason why we are drawn to them photos is because um, it's an essence in all forms of life. We just live so fast that we can't appreciate it. The photographer puts it in focus for us. That's what we mean by significant. It's that essence. Like that all things necessarily are important, but because we live the way we live, we don't have the space to appreciate them all. That's why we love our artists. They capture not only like a moment in time, but an emotional experience as well. <laughs> as for creating a safe space. It's not safe. It is. <laughs> it's a brave space. It's no, a I, safe I space to, to be, you know, your authentic self. Um, thank you for the platform uh, slash safe space to just be our authentic selves and to share our authentic feelings thank you for that um, it doesn't happen enough so i'm appreciative for the energy in here and for the love and the lack of judgment that is present so thank you for that I don't know why everybody keep on saying it ain't judgment. <laughs> I've been judging Jesus, the whole time. <laughs> Jesus be quiet <laughs> yeah. I was just joking. I, I was going to joke. You're crazy. You gotta laugh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
We about to close and have some real conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Turn his mic up. <laughs> no. Um, go to therapy. Yes, please go to therapy. And, okay. and, and let me say this, man. Therapy is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's for those of us that think we got it together. And it is for those of us who know we don't. Like, yes. Therapy is for 100% of people. We all need somebody to talk to. Everybody. Yes. Amen. Call because let me tell you something else too. Um, and I know we're gonna get out of here, but I gotta say this too. One of the one of the beautiful things um, about Portia telling her story today was the fact that she addressed guilt. And like I said uh, last time we had the show um, with Kenya, like that is a big deal for us. The fact that we don't forgive us. Mm-hmm. If you can't go see somebody, if you can't come through on something. After you apologize and you said yourself to you and then you externalized and did it for somebody else, allow yourself to forgive yourself. You're going to fall short a million more times. Don't worry about it. You have other times to feel bad. I promise they are coming. Get over it. Forgive you. Okay. I love y'all. We love you too. too. <laughs> I love you. Done. That's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. We had that. We got to get one of them things.